Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Today we celebrate the second Sunday of Advent, and we see in the Gospel John the Baptist coming onto the scene. Now notice how today's Gospel begins. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea and Herod was tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Ituria and Triconius, and the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John. In the first century, during the time of Jesus Christ, all stories, writings, and texts began this way, by calling upon the most powerful people in the world, the most influential. These people were the power brokers, people with authority. In our day, if we were to follow the same method of storytelling, we would first start our story with the president, and then naming the governor, and then maybe some senators. Now, the explicit reason for this was to reach out and grab your attention, the attention of the reader or the person that's listening to the story, and tell them this story is incredibly important and must pay attention to it. And so it begs the question, is Luke, who is the author of this gospel, writing this gospel to conform with the power brokers of this world? No, not at all. In fact, on the contrary, The powerful word of God is spoken to John. John, who is this poor little nobody in the eyes of the world. Now, logic dictates, if you expect God to talk to anyone, you'd think God would talk to these big shots, Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod. These people wield a great amount of influence and authority in the world. They were the movers and the shakers of society. But no, God doesn't talk to them. God does just the opposite. He speaks to John. John had no title. He has no authority. He has no position of power. John, we know, is dressed in the hide of a camel. He eats off the land. He's living in the wild desert. He's a wild man himself. Now, it would appear in the eyes of the world, John would be the last person that God would turn to, to speak and and trust this incredibly important message, a message that is going to change the world and the universe forever, announcing the coming of the long-awaited Messiah. Now, the power brokers could easily snap their fingers, and this message about the Messiah coming into this world could easily be promulgated and proclaimed throughout the world rather easily because of their influence and power. And yet, the mission to do this is given to John. Now, why is that? Well, the key is to see how the power of God and God's love works and is revealed. The power of God's love is the power that we must rely upon in our lives, not the powers of the world. Now, I'm not saying that the powers of the world are inherently bad. 
but in the very measure in which we rely upon the powers or the influence of the world as the ultimate sustaining influence in our lives, such that our lives are now dictated by the influence of the world? Well, that can't be. Why? Because we've seen it in our present day as well as in world history. The powers of this world are misleading and even downright deceitful. Rather, the power of God and God's word and love is found with the simplicity of John in the desert. See, this is why John is such a major biblical figure during the season of Advent. John, we hear in the, in the gospel, he proclaims baptism for the repentance of the forgiveness of sins. John also speaks about the coming of the Messiah, a Messiah that will reconcile the world back to God, and better yet, will bring people that were once exiled from God back to him. Now, if you look at the history of Israel, there were periods in which the Israelites were held captive by the Egyptians, the Assyrians, the Babylonians. Even during the time of John the Baptist, as well as Jesus, the Romans held the Israelites captive. Now, for us, we too are held captive, not by a government or a foreign country, but by our sins. And therefore, our sins prevent us from truly being free and fully alive. That's why we sing that classic song during Advent, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Well, we recognize that we too are held captive, in this case by our sin. And only a Messiah can release us from this captivity. If we weren't captive by our sin, we wouldn't need a Messiah, but we do. That's why we long for Jesus to be in our life, to release us from this exile in our captivity. Now, stay with that theme of being held captive. Turn to the first reading from Baruch. Baruch is with the Israelites, and they are being held captive. In fact, they are in exile. They're living as slaves in Babylon, which is present-day Iraq. Now, Baruch, you could say, is an assistant or maybe a secretary to the prophet Jeremiah. And he's addressing the Israelites. And he says to them, Jerusalem, take off your robe of mourning and misery. Put on the splendor of the glory of God forever, wrapped in the cloak of justice from him. For God will show all the earth your splendor, and you will be named by God forever, the peace of justice and the glory of God's worship. Baruch here is telling the Israelites that he sees a time in the future when the Israelites will return to God's grace, and better yet, return home to Jerusalem. Now, Baruch continues, he says, For God has commanded that every lofty mountain be made low, and that the aged old depths and gorges be filled on level ground, that Israel may advance secure in the glory of God. Now, this is a great biblical theme. God establishing this spiritual path, this road that leads always to him. To do this, he removes all obstacles that stand in our way that prevent us from drawing closer to him. Notice what Baruch says. He will level mountains and fill in valleys. Well, mountains and valleys are obstacles to travel, aren't they? Spiritually speaking, what are those obstacles that prevent us from drawing closer to God? Well, maybe jealousy, hatred, grudges, sin and death. Well, Jesus is going to remove all those obstacles such that nothing stands in our way from returning to him and drawing closer to him. 
This spiritual road will facilitate our return. And see, God has already done this for the Israelites once before, when he parted the Red Sea and freed the Israelites from their slavery into Egypt and then led them to the promised land. Well, now Baruch is prophesizing that God will once again prepare a path that leads to him. Now, this path is going to be different, unlike any other. It's going to be permanent, in fact, eternal. The path itself is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus embodies that path. Go to John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. This is exactly what Jesus is talking about. He is that road, the path that always leads to God, and better yet, leads us home to heaven. Now, this theme of exile is heavily influenced in the Bible. God's chosen people are from time to time captured. Well, the same thing holds true for us. You know, during this season of Advent, we have to take a long, hard look at our lives and see where sin has captured us. That we too, just like the Israelites, we ache to return to a right relationship with God. And here's the good news. God's will is not for us to remain captured, but instead God's will is for all of us to return home and be in a right relationship with God. Therefore, God clears all obstacles that prevent us you know, from drawing closer to him. Through Jesus Christ, now we find our way home. And we hear that in the gospel when John proclaims, Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill may be made low. Winding roads shall be made straight, and the rough rays may be made smooth. And all flesh shall see the salvation of God. Now Jesus, he is that road which we take. We take to be brought home, ultimately to heaven. And so it is his teachings, his sacraments, his church, his mass, that is the very road that we walk. And in doing so, we always are drawn to God. And see, that's the message of Baruch and John. It's one and the same. See, this is why John is such a key figure for us in Advent. We must really listen to him this week and the coming weeks ahead. John's message during this season is one in which he calls for a reorientation of our lives. John proclaims a baptism of repentance, which means change. Change those things in our life so that we never get off that path, that road of Jesus Christ, so that we're always walking in a right relationship with God and our final destination is heaven. Jesus is that road, which means what? We now embody the teachings of Christ, and the teachings of our church in our lives. Now, you may say to yourself, okay, what does that look like? Well, it looks like John. It's the simple dedication to the things of God. Praying every day, coming to Mass every week, engaging a lifestyle of stewardship. When we make this the change in our lives, we orientate our lives to God, then we're able to appreciate the world properly. Here's some more good news. People always think that the world is bad and we have to separate ourselves from the world. Well, no, that's not true. Now that we're walking the path of Jesus Christ and we are rooted in Christ, 
now we can appreciate the world for what it is. It's a gift given to us by God. But we don't rely upon the world to be the center of our life. No, because Jesus is at the center of our life. As long as we walk the road and the path of Jesus Christ and are in right relationship with God, then yes, Christ will always be at the center of our life, now and always. And we will return home to heaven. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.